Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I have an eternal soul. I will spend eternity somewhere. So I want to make sure that I store, let me say it like this, me in heaven. I don't want to think about me on earth because that's not what's going to happen. I want to be on in heaven. The Bible says this, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? He has treasure everywhere, but he loses his own soul. Living each day with eternity in mind can be quite the challenge. As many of us have experienced, we don't often think past the here and now in our lives. This, of course, is one of the biggest hindrances in our walk when it comes to storing up treasures in heaven. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us just what exactly it means to store up treasure in heaven. In our study, Pastor Mark will give us examples of what those treasures are and what it looks like to live a life with eternity in mind. Does my life reflect eternity, or am I simply living for myself? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, It's Time to Refocus. Satan can block our vision to see God and to know what he can do. And we're going to study this morning what this is that blocks us from the vision of seeing God, of knowing who he is, and understanding what he wants to do. Now, amazingly, this teaching that Jesus gives on the Sermon on the Mount is to his disciples, it's about money. You would say, well, what does money have to do? Why would Jesus be talking to his disciples about money? Well, because for many of them and us, that's the thing that keeps us from following Jesus Christ, from seeing him clearly. Now, in church, when you talk about money, and money in the church, and money in God, and money in the Bible, people get anxious. Here's why. Because in our world, in our Christian world, there's so much wrong teaching about money. There's these two extremes. On the one extreme, there are people that, well, they teach something called the prosperity doctrine. They're good people, they're going to heaven, they just have this unbalanced teaching. What is the prosperity doctrine? Well, basically the Jews kind of believe the same thing, and that's why Jesus talks about this. You see, the Jews kind of believed that if God showed his favor to you, you would be rich. And if God didn't show his favor to you, you wouldn't be rich. Well, that's not true at all. 
And so what we discover in the prosperity doctrine is kind of an extension of that, and that's why Jesus teaches it. In the prosperity doctrine, it says this, God shows his favor to all his children by making them rich. Plant your seed, have faith, and God will always give you more than you need. You'll be rich, and that is God's will for everyone. And if you're not rich, then you're not a person of faith, and you really haven't believed God. You say, well, how will I know if the program I'm watching, if they're teaching the prosperity doctrine? Oh, you'll know, because that's all they teach. They don't get into a nice uh, overall section of all kinds of things in Scripture. They're always telling you how much you need and how much you're gonna, God's going to bless you. And God's going to absolutely do this to you. Now, is there truth to that? Yes, there is. Abraham was blessed by God. Credible. Joseph was. Job was before God took it away. Then God replaced it. Daniel was. But there's many other people in the Bible that weren't rich and were still blessed by God. In fact, Paul said, oh, I've learned to be content whether I have much or whether I have little. It didn't have anything to do with that. So we have over here on this side, all these people that all they can talk about is the prosperity of God. And the amazing part of that is it's, it is unbalanced. Well, we have the other side. It's called the poverty teaching. God wants you to be poor. In fact, if you're spiritual, you will be poor. In other words, you can't be rich and be spiritual. It's kind of a form of asceticism. And they, they teach this, you should have one set of clothes, give everything away, don't plan for the future, and never store anything up. So we see that with some of the Eastern religions. If you've ever been to Thailand or whatever, you see the Buddhist monks. You have one like set of clothes, little sandals, people put fruit out for the gods, whatever, they eat that, that's, that's what they do. Or uh, in the old days, early days of Christianity, people go into monasteries or whatever and just sit there and, and you know, hmm, whatever, and never interact with life, and that made you really special, because you didn't have anything. Well, that's wrong. So where do we find the truth about money in the Bible? Well, you're going to see it today. But we find the truth in the middle, as always. Right smack in the middle is the truth. You see, money is not bad. Money's not evil. It's how we value it, what we do with it. So this morning, Jesus is going to kind of teach us about being a follower. That's what he's doing with his disciples. Now remember what the Sermon Mount is all about. It's about one basic thing. We're to be different than the religious people and the non-religious or the irreligious people. First thing you want to write this morning is this. A follower of Jesus is to be different from the religious and the irreligious. Now that means we're to be different in our homes we're to be different in our businesses. We're to be different in our approach to everyday living. In fact, we had a great golf tournament yesterday. It was wonderful. It was awesome. Do you know, as a Christian, I have to be different on the golf course than the non-believer. <laughs> you see, when the ball goes straight on to the right, I can't go... I just have, there it goes. So we prayed for the guys yesterday before the golf tournament that they would be different. This morning, Jesus is going to ask us three questions. And I'm going to ask you all through the teaching just three simple questions. Number one, write this down. Where are you storing up your treasure? Where are you storing up your treasure? As you've turned to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, we head on down to verse 19. This week, we'll cover just a few verses. There's one command in there we'll talk about. Next week, we'll finish all the way to verse 34, the end of chapter 6. There's two more commands. Jesus says in verse 19, 
Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. So verse 19 is the world. Jesus says, do not be like the world. They store it up for here. Verse 20, do like this. Do store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. So right there we have this dichotomy between a believer and an unbeliever. In verses 19 through 24, an unbeliever would write it kind of like this. Store up treasures on earth, the more the better. Don't even think about being good or godly or about heaven. Enjoy the darkness of sin. After all, hell will be a great party place. There's no reason to think about anyone else. Always pursue being number one. Serve and live for yourself because that's the only way to be happy. Well, that's not true. Jesus, in fact, states in verse 20 that command, do store up treasure for yourself in heaven. Now, here's the key. What is treasure? You see, what I call treasure here is not what Jesus is talking about there. I'm supposed to take treasure and store it up in heaven. I'm going to give you, there's many, but I'll give you four examples of that. You'll see that on the overhead. But let's define treasure first. Treasure is simply this. Anything on earth that has eternal value. In other words, anything that's going to outlast this earth. Anything that outlasts this earth. So let me give you four examples as we go through. The first treasure we have, actually the most important treasure we have, is ourselves. Myself. You see... Where I spend eternity, because I am going to die, you're going to die, where I'm going to spend eternity depends totally on me. Everything that Jesus needed to do, he's done. So I'm, I'm the greatest treasure I have. I have an eternal soul. I will spend eternity somewhere. So I want to make sure that I store, let me say it like this, me in heaven. I don't want to think about me on earth, because that's not what's going to happen. I want to be on in heaven. The Bible says this, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? He has treasure everywhere, but he loses his own soul. See, at some point, that will be useless. So the first thing you have to ask yourself this morning, are you sure you're going to heaven? Are you going to heaven? Is that going to happen? Why are you going to heaven? When you go to heaven, how do you know you'll be there? We'll talk more about it at the end. Now, it isn't only about heaven then. I'm going to have, well, spiritual growth in my life. That's going to be treasure, becoming more like Christ. I'm going to have fruit of the Spirit coming out of me. That's treasure in heaven. So we move to the second thing, our talents. Treasure is the gifts and the abilities that I have from God to just do neat stuff, to minister to people. Yesterday in the golf tournament, we had all kinds of people. We had a wonderful tournament. Made lots of money for the Christmas school. We had, I met, I rode with two guys that I never knew before and just had a great time and fellowship and whatever. We did, we did all those things. But it took lots of people to make that happen. This morning, to make this 
Plays happen, takes lots of people. In fact, there's lots of people scrambling right now. Half the maintenance people are here. We're calling people in to do it. They come in on their day off just to try to get this place going so you don't have to fan so much. Well, do you mean doing good to somebody? Do you mean doing good to somebody is treasure in heaven? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Don't be complicated with it. You see, sometimes just meeting a need is treasure in heaven if I do it with the right motive. Let me give an example from Scripture. Jesus says this. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of those little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. So as simple as a, a cup of cold water, if somebody needs it, if I do it in a, in a right way, that's treasure in heaven. It's stored there. Number three, our witness. The main thing is the main thing. Let me remind you this morning, it's very simple. What is eternal on this earth? What is going to last forever on this earth? Air conditioning is not. We've proven that this morning. What is going to last forever? There's only two things. You ought to know this by heart. There's two things that are going to last forever. One, the Word of God. It never, ever will pass away. And two, pinch yourself, you. It's the only thing that lasts forever. People. People. So, what is treasure? It's our witness. It's the ability to share the gospel. It's knowing that man is going to spend eternity somewhere. You see, the only thing that really matters is people. Lost people matter to God. When I'm in India, quite often at a meeting where I teach in the Bible schools and whatever, sometimes people will travel for five to six days to get to the meetings. Five to six days, they sleep on the ground, they eat a little bit of rice. There's no air conditioning for any of us. Because they're interested in the souls of people in their villages. This is a great little illustration for us this morning and a little uncomfortable. It's not really that uncomfortable. It's a little uncomfortable. It's a great illustration for us to understand. You see, we're offering a course called Contagious Christianity, How to Witness. How many of you should be there? Well, Pastor Mark, it's not, it's not really my responsibility. Really? Oh, yes, it is. You see, I, I know that when we get to heaven, we're going to be blessed. But some of us are going to be very sad because we had opportunities to do so much more for the kingdom of God, but we fooled with treasure here on earth. See, the most important thing you can do in balance is to be concerned about the lives of people, their souls. So I'd encourage you, when you see that happening, when you leave this morning, go out in the comments, sign up. Number four is our wealth, our money, our possessions. That's a treasure. How I use the stuff that God gives me for heaven is very important. Now, once there was a rabbi and a, and a pastor, and they were discussing how they got paid for their services to God. And the pastor said, well, at the end of all the weekend services, he says, all the tithes and offerings are put in this big box. And I close my eyes, and I just put my, put my hands in, and I grab, and whatever my hands could hold, that's my salary for the week. And the rabbi said, well, I trust God a lot more than you do. 
He says, we too collect our tithes and offerings and we put them in this box. I put my hands in and actually I take the whole box and I take the top of it and I just throw the whole thing up into the air and then I just say to God, God, you're God. Now you keep whatever you want and whatever comes down to earth, I'll keep. (laughs) Does God care how we handle his money? Are you a giver? Are you a generous giver? Do you tithe with joy? Do you give offerings when God speaks to you? You see, we're to be different than the world. And our wealth and our money and possessions all come from God. We know that. The world says, keep, hoard, covet, live for today. Don't worry about after you die. Jesus says exactly the opposite. Giving is better than receiving. The abundant life is found in giving and not getting. Let me share with you about treasure, and I want to do this because sometimes we misunderstand how God uses us in our giving and our tithes and our offerings and in all the other service areas. Let me give you a couple examples this morning. Right behind this building, kind of out toward the playground area, as you know, there's a brand new youth complex going up. Hopefully by January we'll be in. And uh, that whole youth complex is going to cost us three million bucks. Why are we doing that? Well, for our youth. It's going to have a full gym. Of course, that's going to be for the school also, but a full gym. Upstairs, all kinds of classrooms. A sanctuary that's almost as big as the one we started with when we started our church. The sanctuary for the youth complex is going to be 500 people. That's about five times most the size of most churches, just for the youth. And they say, well, that's crazy. No, it isn't crazy. At Wednesday night in our junior high, they meet here in our chapel. There was no room for the kids. They had to stand against the walls to get into the room. Hallelujah. Now this morning, this morning, there was about 200 plus in discipleship. Going through kind of a book like this, but a different book. You see, and right behind that building, right right behind me here is a three-story classroom building. It's used for our school and used for Sunday school and 252 and the Awana program and all that stuff. Well, we're getting ready. Plans are already on the table. We're going to, by next August, September, we're going to have another a duplicate of that, another $3 million. So there's $6 million. Now you say, well, what are you going to do with that? Take up an offering? Are you going to take a, like a building fund? Do you have the envelopes? No, we don't do all of that. But you need to understand. You see, when I give to those things, as we just give, you know, we don't ever pressure anybody to do that. We don't have any of those things. But as you give there, do you know what you're doing? You're storing up treasure in heaven. Because the kids that come to the Lord, the children that come to the Lord, through all of those things, well, you had a part in it. Now, most of us, unless Jesus comes back right away, and probably this morning New Orleans would wish Jesus would come back right away. We know what that's about, don't we? But see, in a few years if we die and Jesus doesn't come back yet in the rapture, most of us won't ever see the outcome of our money that went for those buildings. But it's being stored in heaven. See, you add a part into it. You see, let me give you another example. Many of you give to all kinds of different Christian organizations, and I think it's very good. Your your tithes go here, the offerings go out there. Billy Graham organizations, for for instance. Let's say you give $25 to Billy Graham every month or whatever. By the way, I think that's a great organization. And you do that, and then you turn on the television and Channel 6, and you watch one of the Billy Graham Crusades, and there's like 25,000 people there, and all of a sudden you look down here in the, in the stadium, and there's a 1,500 people get saved. Do you know that there's treasure in heaven for you because of that? Why? Because you helped put the crusade on. You mean my 25 bucks? Yeah. 
See, don't complicate it. That's how the kingdom of God works. As you and I give, as you and I respond to all of those things, that's what God does. And as we do that, God blesses us over and over and over and over again. Now, let me explain to you a couple other things. The Awana program is a discipleship program for our kids. When we do the Awana program on Wednesday night, that means we have between three and four and 500 kids that are going through the Awana program. Are you investing in your treasure? Your treasure is your kids. You know what I discovered? We'll invest in education, and I think that's very good. Your kids ought to be really motivated to study and do the best they could, get education, get scholarships. I think that's great. We invest in sports. I think sports are very great. But be careful that we don't put God third. Well, Pastor Mike, your kids don't really need that. They don't need to be studied. They don't need to be discipled. Really? Yes, they do. So we're building the youth complex. We're doing the Awana program. We're building this education for our 252. And by the way, when that's done, we'll have a new kids ministry we're going to be working on right away. And one more thing. Bible man is Friday night. Three bucks ahead. That's Mark, why are you doing Bible man? Well, you know, if you bring a, an old-time thing from the 1940s and try to show the kids, here's a radio. I think it's a shortwave radio. Let's see if we can get one signal in here. You're not going to have any kids in here. So this thing will look like Disney up here. But the gospel's going to be presented. Is that important? It's critical. We don't do that just to have, well, let's see if we can fill the building up, have another night of just activity. I want you to understand the youth complex, the education, the Iwana, Bible man, 252. Listen to me very closely this morning. Europe lost a whole generation. In Brevard County, we are not going to lose our teens, and we are not going to lose our children. Their treasure, their treasure. Can you imagine going to heaven and your kids not? Their treasure. I can't decide, but I sure can influence. Jesus says, don't store it up here. Well, I want to get to be the little league star and the soccer star, and I'm not against that at all. I think it's terrific. And they got a four-year education to whatever. I think that's great. But that's treasure here. Don't forget, that will all pass. We have to be reminded the very same thing that Jesus is talking about. So write this last statement down. Treasure, use, invest all we have. It's right at the end. All we have to expand God's kingdom. Now understand, as you look at that, you say, well, Pastor Mark, it's supposed to be poor then. No, he's not talking about that. Get balanced. We're not between the gospel of poverty and the gospel of prosperity. We're balanced. For most of us, living out a lifestyle reflecting the eternity that's to come is quite a challenge in our lives. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of striving to live a life in view of eternity. In our study, we learned what it means to store up treasures in heaven and just what those treasures are. Rather than pursuing earthly treasures, Pastor Mark encouraged us to pursue what will never pass away. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. When it comes to discovering something that we really enjoy or excel at, we often find that it can take the priority of our focus. In our next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us how this can be both good and bad in our walk. In our study, we'll learn the importance of maintaining our focus on the things of heaven rather than the things of this world, which can only blind us from God's will in our lives. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurry.